This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. What you doing? Trying on glasses with Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Wow, that's pretty cool. But those glasses kind of make you look like your Uncle Bob. Oh, not exactly the look I was going for. Um, okay, how about these clear glasses? Oh, or these round ones? Very on trend. I like both on you. You know, I also like these aviator sunglasses. Wait, are those the actual prices? I say get all of them. Seriously, why not, right? Oh, now I want new glasses. Zenni.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at six ninety five. This episode of Headlock Talk is brought to you by Austin-based company Naturally Hemp's and their new line of CBD gummies. These gummies are made with 100% baked-in, pharmaceutical-grade, non-isolate-based CBD. What we're talking about here is the entourage effect. The entourage effect refers to the stronger effect you get when combining multiple cannabinoids together as opposed to just CBD. Full-spectrum CBD or CBD distillate tends to be more potent and last longer, which is what we're talking about here. Unlike some other brands that use a spray-on CBD, Naturally Hemp CBD distillate is baked in so you know you're getting the full dose with each gummy. I personally use them for all kinds of things like sleep aid or muscle pain. And did I mention they taste great? They got five flavors, uh, strawberry, green apple, lemon lime, watermelon, and get this, the orange flavor has vitamin C in it. Ooh. So if this sounds like something you could go for, head over to your nearest Create a Sig vape shop and pick yours up today to see for yourself the difference Naturally Hemp's gummies can make in your life. It is Sunday, March the 8th, and WWE Elimination Chamber is officially in the books, ladies and gentlemen. And that means just one thing. One thing. Yes, Headlock Talk is going to break down the good, the bad, and the ugly, and we're going to get all of your hottest takes and burning questions right here on today's show. Hot takes. And welcome everybody back to another episode of Headlock Talk. Oh snap. Oh snap indeed. I am of course the Texas gentleman Tanner Pruitt. And as always, right across from me, the one the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Howdy. Howdy. Stephen, how's it going man? It's going alright. It's going alright. Kind of got the same sickness as last week, but... Yeah, it sounds like you're feeling better. You're, get, you're getting better. Definitely getting better. Yes. It's, it's not getting worse. So that's all. That. That's always good news. Yeah. For How sure. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm hanging in there. Good. good. Hanging in there, man. Good. Uh we have just witnessed WWE Elimination Chamber 2020 and it was something. It was it was a show. Yeah. It was a show. It was it 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 had uh, a lot of good high points. Um some low points. Some some low points for sure. I mean, really <laughs> only one main Low point, at least for mm, me. Mm. At least for me. I, I uh, just like first thoughts or whatever. 
I did like the show. The show yeah. is good. Um, it's definitely one of the better show, better uh, WWE shows that I've seen in a while. Uh, we'll we'll go into my thoughts on the whole elimination chamber pay per view format as a whole. Yeah. Um, but but all in all, it was a pretty good show. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I would definitely agree with the majority of that sentiment for sure. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, Elimination Chamber uh, 2020, uh, headlined by uh, the six-woman Elimination Chamber um, match. Yes. If you want to call it a match, really. Um that's the one that we just finished watching. Uh, yes, uh, Shayna Baszler did, in fact, defeat Natalia, Liv Morgan, Asuka, Ruby Riot, and Sarah Logan. In fact, gaining the victory on all five of her opponents. Shocker. I know, right? Shocker. Like, who could have ever seen this coming? Certainly not me. <laughs> Certainly not Headlock Talk. <laughs> Certainly not us. Um, actually, uh, let's be let's be real. We We've definitely... We've definitely called this. We called it, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, we're not the only ones. I, I wouldn't, you know, I mean, we're far from the only people who've predicted that this would happen, of course. But, um, yeah, no, this this main event, it was, uh, it, I think it was less of a match more than it was. Um, you want to jump into the main event right right away? Yeah, I mean, it's, okay. it's fresh in my mind here, and we, yeah. can, we can talk about the rest of the show. But um, I, I really like kind of this... Um, this tweet here uh, by Mr. Warren Hayes at mm. Mr. Warren Hayes on Twitter. Uh, he says, the story of this match is getting Shayna over. She's super dominant and running through the competition. This isn't a match. This is a story. Right. This should not have been the main event, especially not a pay-per-view main event. And I absolutely agree 110% with what Mr. Warren Hayes is saying here. Yes. Um, it, it's spot on completely. Shayna is supposed to be um, <clears throat> for better or worse, uh, a Brock Lesnar type character, right? Somebody who is supposed to run through the competition and be seen as a formidable foe to Becky Lynch. Because let's be honest, they've only got about a month until WrestleMania, right? Right. And they gotta make they gotta make Shayna look really strong. Yeah. Yeah. So. At the top of the show, I said there was one main low point of the show. Yeah. This was it, okay? Uh, yeah. th th I did not enjoy this match at all. Uh, it, it was very boring to me. Uh, but I'm glad that Mr. Warren Hayes uh, brought that up, that this really isn't a match. This is a, a story, and th this is the continuation of a storyline. And I think I mentioned that as we were watching it as well. Um, so my problem with this match is twofold. One... Um, this is what happens when you try to jam a storyline into a certain match gimmick instead of the other way around where you make the match gimmick give some validity to the storyline. Uh, so what we have here is an Elimination Chamber match, which, I mean, for all intents and purposes, should be a very good match, right? But, yeah. but as you said, uh, this match was here to make Shayna look like a monster. Yes. And so what you get is her eliminating every single person with the exact same combo, and we get at least four minutes of her just walking around in the ring because she's eliminating people so quick. Mm -hmm. And I understand that, yes, this is the story you're trying to tell, but does does it make the match good? No, it absolutely doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and the second thing, uh, the second problem I have with this match is 
the main problem I had with Shayna Baszler in NXT. All of her matches in the exact same way. And this match was the same thing. She she eliminated everyone using the exact same three moves. Yes, and and, and I don't think uh, I don't think you're wrong with 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 how you feel about the match. Um, and, and I don't think it can be emphasized enough that it was the exact same three move combo that put each of her five opponents away um, to, to finish off the match. Um, I mean, Asuka, prob- Asuka was certainly the one that was the most formidable opponent uh, of hers, mm-hmm. and I think that I, I would want that match to be revisited sometime in the future. Um, I mean, yes, uh, Shayna looked dominant here. It looked fine. I don't know if they were simply just trying to use the same magic that they had when they uh, did the Royal Rumble match with Brock and Brock ran through half the competitors before, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> Drew McIntyre eliminated him or, you know, if that was even part of the formula. I don't know. But yes, um, for me, this is this is not a match. This is simply a device to further the story of Shayna and Becky Lynch headed into WrestleMania. Yeah. That's really what it is here, man. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I think uh, part of the main problem here, and I'm kind, I'm tangenting a little bit, but part of the main problem here is you shouldn't have a yearly elimination chamber. Mm. You shouldn't have a yearly hell in a cell. Mm. You shouldn't have a yearly extreme rules. You shouldn't have a yearly TLC match. Mm. It makes all of those matches mean way less, mm. and you get in situations like this where. You, there's a story that needs to be told in mm. order to build to WrestleMania, mm. but you're putting it in a match that it will not work correctly. You know what I mean? Well, you're, I, you're basically forced you're, to, you're, to pigeonhole that storyline into this match. Yes, I, I I would say that that's 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 correct. Right, like the 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 gimmick match pay per views um, are generally not super effective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I will say that we should break into the card here and kind of go over it, see how we feel at the end. Um, but yeah, the the main event here. Um, I mean, if you watch the whole show, great. Um, but I mean, if you had to pick out a match that's worth skipping, I mean, save yourself the extra half an hour. The the main event is uh, not our cup of tea. Yeah. Um, but uh, hey, if you're a big Shayna Baszler fan. Might be right up your alley. Hey, of course. Yeah, so. I mean, if you're a big Shayna fan, go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're a fan of any of the other uh, ladies in this match, then uh, yeah, you, you might want to give this a pass. Mm. Um, the pre-show for WWE Elimination Chamber 2020 was the Viking Raiders taking on Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder uh, for some reason. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I just um, yeah, I I think that was just about it. Yeah, uh, match did not go longer than five minutes. Yeah, it was fine from what I saw. Uh, it, it I, I only right. saw snippets of it. Uh, but I mean, it was it was yeah, it was all right. It, it existed in the WWE universe. Yeah, it happened. Yeah. Um, it was okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I just don't understand why it would be like a face face matchup like this here, especially with the Viking Raiders feuding with. Seth Rollins, mm-hmm. disciples, right? Yeah, right. with AOP. Yeah, I don't. I, it, I, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, maybe but, they're catching on to the fact that no one watches pre-show, uh, and they're they're just <laughs> they're like so, they're like ah, just throw some guys out there, go out there and work. Yeah, 
<laughs> I don't know. Uh, opening match, however, was Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak, uh, in which uh, Daniel Bryan won with the yes lock mm-hmm. uh, in a little bit over 14 minutes. Uh, this was pretty good stuff. Yeah. Very technical, good mastery of... Uh, of uh, the, uh, the the technical aspects of wrestling, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, both guys knew what they were doing. A uh, very vicious uh, spot in the match where Drew Gulak does a he does a throwing he he, he throws Daniel Bryan, I guess, uh, in performing a German suplex. Mm-hmm. I guess because Daniel Bryan thought he was wrestling Brock Lesnar, right? Uh, <laughs> and uh, Daniel Bryan landed right on the back of his head. Mm-hmm. Um, really nasty looking yeah. spot. Hope, really crank that neck. Yeah, hope Daniel Bryan's okay for sure. Um, but yeah, um, it was a, it was a decent match. I thought overall. Yeah, nothing, yeah. I nothing mean, nothing wrong with it. I thought it was a pretty good match. Um, it, it was. It didn't like knock my socks off or anything like that. But I did like the story that they were telling with uh with Daniel and Drew and how like every time. Uh, Daniel would go for like some kind of submission. Drew would get out of it and perform the same submission, kind of this like uh, everything you can do, I can do better kind of thing. And I think they did that really well. Um, the overall spots in the match, um, or, or I guess the momentum of the match, you know, it was good. It, it wasn't like crazy or anything like that. Uh, I think the the story of the match is, is really what put it over for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, good opener, good mm-hmm. opener. One more thing that I'll put over here real quick regarding that match. Um, I, I liked how Daniel Bryan ultimately also put over Drew Gulak at, at the end there. He was he pointed to Drew and then they did the yes. Yeah, and then he kind of like clapped or like, you know, he like did the Vanna White like, hey. The, the gesture. Yeah, 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 he's like, this guy here, you know, you need to watch out for this guy. So it's a nice endorsement. Yeah, yeah, for by, sure. By Daniel Bryan for, uh, for Drew Gulak. Uh, excuse me. Next match on the card, uh, we had Andrade uh, defending the WWE United States Championship against Umberto Carrillo for about the nine thousandth time. It seems <laughs> right. Right. Uh, I mean, thankfully, uh, maybe not. Thankfully, uh, I don't catch a lot of Raw nowadays. Right. Oh. Uh, so I actually haven't seen a lot of their matches before. Mm. Um, I, I'm familiar with Andrade, obviously. Um, I've seen Umberto Carrillo wrestle. You know, several times, but not mm-hmm. not like a lot. Um, but yeah, man, uh, seeing these guys together got great chemistry. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't necessarily endorse having the same match nine times in a row, but uh, <laughs> if the guys have as good as, of uh, chemistry as these guys do, I can kind of see it. You know? Yeah, I mean, they they do have good chemistry together. I do enjoy that. Um, Umberto Carrillo's chemistry also with uh, Angel Garza is quite good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean it. I guess my big gripe is how many times are we going to see Umberto Carrillo challenge for the United States Championship only to come ever so close and then falling short, right? Right. It seems to be the the repetitive finish that they've had recently with him, Um, whether it be with AJ Styles or with Andrade for that matter. I I do like the idea and the prospect of, I guess, like... uh, What's the best way of going about this? Maybe like Andrade and Angel Garza, obviously, you should make a, a, a fantastic tag team. And I thought that that's where they should go is drop the title to Umberto. Mm-hmm. So that way, Angel Garza and uh, Andrade can challenge for the tag team championships. I think that would be great. Them and the Street Profits would have excellent chemistry together. Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, what I would like to see even more so, perhaps, would be maybe even Umberto Carrillo kind of changing and, and, and turning heel himself and maybe aligning themselves uh, in a faction together. Angel Garza, Humberto Carrillo, and Andrade. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe making a Los Ingobernables type faction in yeah, WWE. Yeah. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 was a, it was a decent match overall, I think. But if you've seen one of their matches, I think you've seen them all. They're, right. they're all... They, they've, they've both got such great chemistry, but... I don't think you would particularly miss anything in this match, perhaps. I feel that, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, my, my if I had to complain about something, which I don't have to necessarily. You don't, you don't but, have to. Uh, I mean, if I was going to, I'd say, eh, it went a little long, but uh, mm. that's fine. You know? Yeah, I mean, it was only about 12 minutes long, which, I mean, that's not bad. Know, it felt longer. I don't know. <laughs> you know what was the longest match on the card, however? The next match, <laughs> where uh, The Miz and John Morrison uh, retained the uh, WWE Tag Team titles inside the Elimination Chamber against the New Day, the Usos, Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party, and, of course, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. You mean Shawn Michaels? Yeah, Shawn Michaels and Bobby Roode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, this match was... Um, I think it was it was good in parts, right? Right. Um, I think that the start of it is good. I obviously, whenever you put the New Day and the Usos together in a, some kind of match, whatever it may be, it, it's gonna have a good start, um, and it's gonna it, it should be a good match throughout. Um, Lucha House Party, uh, they they brought something uh, different to the table. Oh yeah, uh, I liked their inclusion in this match here. I think it was very very well done, mm-hmm. um, especially with the some of the spots that they brought. Uh, definitely added a different dimension to the match. For sure, yeah. I, I me personally, I think the the uh, like you had kind of alluded to the the first half of the match what uh, was just that much better, just uh just slightly better than the last half of the match. I think with um. They they did a lot of the like crazy fast paced uh like momentum very well in the first half, but then once uh once Lucha House Party w- was eliminated, once Heavy Machinery was eliminated and everything, it was very it, it just it, and again New Day and Usos they're great right yeah but you're you're giving me this fast paced momentum this crazy action these big spots and mm. then it just kind of grinds to a halt all at once mm. and I mean. I don't know. It is what it is. I, I do think the first half of the match was better. Um, but, I mean, it was still a good match. Mm-hmm. You know, still a good match. Yeah, I, I think it I think it was uh, a, a decent enough Elimination Chamber match. I think that there is a uh, certainly a right way and a wrong way to do tag team Elimination Chamber matches. Right. I think this one was done uh, about as well as you could probably pull it off. Mm-hmm. Um my big issue with it is, uh, I think as the match progressed, I think everybody was getting very, very tired, mm-hmm. and in some spots they were getting very, very sloppy. Right. Um, there were definitely plenty of botches. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, uh, of course, the Miz, who he certainly has the worst kicks in the business. <laughs> I can't. I, I really can't like get him, Tanner. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way of saying it. He, yeah. it, they, they are. You compare his yes kicks to Daniel Bryan's yes kicks, and the difference is like night and day. Right. Um. <laughs> um. 
I don't know. Lucha House Party, though, man, I'm I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed by by what they did. I mean, there was that huge uh, spot there. I think it was with Lince Dorado, right? Where he like like he climbs on top of the chamber, one of the chamber pods, and then he like disappears for a little bit, and then he's like the camera pans out, and then at one point he you see him like like doing monkey bars yeah. across like the cage, and you're like. On on top of the cage, right? Yeah. Like hanging from the top of the cage, yeah. A, an unreal amount of athleticism to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. First off, and then like they all kind of like dog pile in one spot, and then he does uh, like a, a shooting star press, mm-hmm. like he, off of the top of the entire cage, and then like he crashes into him, but like hardly anybody catches him, unfortunately. Yeah, and, I, I think uh, he even like kicked off the top of the ring mm-hmm. or, or the top of the the whole cage like mm-hmm. that that spot was crazy like that made the whole match for me like personally like j- just seeing that like you said the athleticism needed to perform that uh you know that i i hate when companies use this word but innovation you know that it's it's a very innovative move uh, so it was very it was really dangerous cool move, yes, but very innovative. <laughs> very dangerous for sure, but you know he he agreed to it. So yeah, I mean he he chose to do it. Yeah, um, it was very cool though. Yes, uh, you you of course have the four frat brothers, uh, the Miz, John Morrison, Dolph Ziggler, and Bobby Roode, who really didn't ever make any physical contact with one another. I, I not that I recall. Right. Though this match again was. Uh, 33 minutes long, so, I mean, uh, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on that. You can go back and see see for yourselves if they ever made contact. Yeah. They should all form a faction together. I, I really do feel like that would be the best possible move for all four of them is just to have this terrible faction. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dude, the, the fraternity boys. The, yeah. it's, the, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Project Hollywood. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> they they all like Give us a call WWE. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh <laughs> uh, but but a, but a fine match, I, I thought, um, overall. Um, it definitely felt 33 minutes, I'll yeah, say that. Yeah. Um, de- towards the end, like I said, kind of started to drag a little bit. Um, it's still New Day Usos in there, so it was mm. good, but uh, yeah. Yes. It, I, I, would, I would say it was solid. It, it was good. It, it was good. Yeah. It, it was fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but apart from this match being just fine, just just good, uh, we move on to what I felt as though was the match of the night by a pretty significant margin. I, I mean, that might be just our opinion. Uh, but uh, Aleister Black defeated AJ Styles in a no disqualification match. This was very well done. Um, AJ's uh, whole thing was attack Alistair's legs. That's where all the striking comes from, or or at least a good majority of it. That's where the black mask comes from. Very smart on AJ's part. Um, I would say it could be certainly argued that AJ, AJ took a lot of this match. A lot of this match, um, and gave there was very little room for Alistair to kind of, um, I, I guess rebound and, and, and go on the offense himself. Mm-hmm. But the, the the parts where he did was very very good. Um, of course, Gallows and Anderson are at ringside because this is a no disqualification match. They so were going to try and stay as impartial as possible and not get involved too much. Right. Um, but. Um, 
I think that this match here is a good example of how to use Aleister Black in a notice qualification match. And, and I think they used the blueprint for the Adam Cole and Aleister Black match that they had in NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've never seen that match before, I think it was NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. Certainly one of my favorite NXT matches and probably overall one of the best NXT shows ever put on. Yeah. Um, that was a good blueprint for that one. So if you've seen that match, you'll definitely see similarities in mm-hmm. this match here. Um, when it came to, I guess, weapon usage, Aleister Black is the weapon, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's how you're supposed to use him. He He's the weapon. He doesn't need to use anything else. Right. He did use some kendo sticks a little bit here and there, but mm-hmm. that was that was about it. That was to help him mount his comeback, I think. Right, right. Um, the There's a really cool spot, Meteora through the table. Yeah, by I was going to mention that. Yeah. yeah, that was a good move. That was a cool spot, and, and that furthers... Uh, the point you made with, you know, Aleister Black being the weapon, I don't think he didn't put that table there. AJ Styles did. And, and so that that's a really cool thing also, you know, like, yes, he put him through the table, but he wasn't necessarily meaning to necessarily, you know, he didn't set right. it up. So it, it kind of furthers that point that you made. No, of course. I mean, it, it's um, this is actually, like I said, a very, very good match, I thought. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, basically the finish comes where, um, Alistair looks like he's about to win this match. Gallows and Anderson jump in, they attack him three on one beat down, just like we've seen, uh, in the couple weeks prior to this. Right. And the lights go out, the, the, the bell gongs. Boom. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, when the lights come back on. The Undertaker is choking out both Gallows and Anderson um, as AJ is perched on the top, waiting to do the phenomenal forearm. He's in shock. So um, he jumps to, 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 I guess, attack the Undertaker. Undertaker knows what's coming. He uh, he catches AJ with the choke slam, slams mm-hmm. him down. The bell uh, goes on again. The lights go back out. Not to mention, when Undertaker arrived in the ring, Aleister Black was nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then when the lights came back on, Undertaker's no longer there, but Aleister Black is. See, I'm not saying they're the same person, but <laughs> do you ever see them in the same room together? Good question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wonder what they're doing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... Um, but, um, after the Undertaker is, uh, has, has vanished from the ring, Aleister Black proceeds to unload one of the most devastating black mass kicks that I've ever seen. Yeah, took his head clean off. Yeah, he just destroyed AJ. <laughs> and, uh, that's a big win for Aleister. To, to, to go over on AJ Styles, multi-time WWE champion, multi-time Intercontinental and United States champion, AJ's pretty much done it all. Yeah. Um, so this is a big, big victory for Aleister Black. No, yeah, for sure. I thought the match was really good, uh, especially, like you said, the point with Aleister being the weapon. They played into that uh, very heavily. You know, AJ Styles, he did. Uh, you know, he, he brought the kendo stick out. Uh, he was hitting him with steel chairs. He set the table up. You know, AJ Styles was like, okay, no DQ, let's do it. Uh, but then Alistair Black, I mean, he, he was just like, nah, I'm just going to kick you in the face like a bunch of times and, <laughs> and eventually I'll win. Uh, and, and he eventually did. And I, I normally 
just under no circumstances like any kind of shenanigans just because it's annoying to me but this it's done pretty well, and yes. it actually led me. It, it it let me wondering what's next, you know, which is how you should do it. It shouldn't just be like, okay, some guys come in the ring and then the match is over. Yeah, woohoo! But like uh-huh. they they did it really really well for this, and and it helps that it's freaking Undertaker, you know, like you can't Undertaker coming out. It's hard to mess that up, right? I do so. think this show needed some extra pizzazz, and mm-hmm. the Undertaker definitely helped give that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the next match on the card, uh, Street Profits uh, defended and retained the Tag Team Championships against Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy uh, in a match that went o- just over 18 minutes long. It was, uh, it, again, fine match. Nothing nothing incredibly r- wrong with it, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, the Street Profits did a good job of trying to revive the crowd because at this point they were getting a little bit tired, a little bit bored. They were getting honestly kind of quiet right uh so they're trying to lead him into some chance they did you know their their walk through uh the crowd kind of thing at the, before the match started to try and liven things up a little bit get that party atmosphere going which they are good for of course right um but yeah i mean i think this is where the drop off in the crowd started yeah uh i mean me me personally Crowd aside, I did really enjoy the match. Um, I thought Street Profits, you know, I I love Street Profits personally. I think they're one of the best tag teams that WWE has right now. Um, They're they're very good with crowd interaction, very good with tag moves, and and just overall, you know, just keeping, like, the fire going. Um, So that's one one reason I'm I'm glad that they retained here. Um, But another reason that I like the match a lot is it kind of set up a a little story with uh, Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy, where um, right at the end, Rollins is kind of screaming at Murphy, like, where were you? Yeah. Like, what happened? You know, and and it's kind of setting up this story with with them maybe uh, causing some contention between the two of them. A little Um, bit, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I really like that. So, the... Again, most of these matches they they didn't blow my socks off, you know, it 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 was no revolution. But <laughs> I'm glad that you brought that up. But this I mean, to be perfectly honest, this is one of the best WWE shows I've seen in a while. It was uh, like you said, it's it's not going to blow you away, but I think it was solid enough to at least be Satisfactory for most people, right. I would say. Right, right. Um, uh, of course, the finish comes here in this match when, uh, <laughs> out of the crowd, Kevin Owens is seen uh, eating on a box of popcorn. Some of the yellowest popcorn I've ever seen. Dude, in my it life. looked delicious. Like uh, it good, looked amazing. Good looking popcorn. Yeah, uh, for sure. That's what that WWE money gets you. Yeah, <laughs> that 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 good good yeah, popcorn. That, that gourmet arena popcorn. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's good stuff. It is. Uh, but yeah, I mean the match is going on. Not that the Street Profits necessarily needed Kevin Owens' help, but Kevin Owens obviously has a thing going on with uh, Seth Rollins at the moment. So he makes his way down to the ring from the crowd, and uh, he he you know just uh, sits and sits on the table and uh, takes a look at kind of everything going on. Seth Rollins obviously sees Kevin Owens there. Kevin Owens throws some popcorn at Seth Rollins, which leads to uh, uh, Angelo Dawkins giving one of the meanest pounces uh, onto Seth Rollins on the uh, outside barricade. Uh, Concussion he, City. He demolished him. Just crushed him. Yeah, it was so rough. And then, uh, yeah, so the, I mean. Uh, I'll just say good thing that barricade is padded. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it oh, was it's crazy. It's definitely a good thing. 
Street Profits obviously get the pin on uh, Buddy Murphy, and uh, after the match, uh, Kevin Owens gives uh, Seth a good old stunner uh, right in the middle of the ring as uh, Seth Rollins is screaming at Buddy Murphy, "What happened? What? Mm-hmm. What? Where were you?" Like as you pointed out, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Kevin Owens leaves the ring, pouring his popcorn onto Buddy Murphy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Too so, bad. It looked like some good popcorn. Really, truly. Quite, <laughs> quite a waste there, Mr. Owens. Yeah. Quite a waste. But no, it, it was a good match. And, and Street Profits retain, which I'm happy about. So, mm-hmm. good times. Um, the next match on the card, quite strange. Mm. Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn defeated Braun Strowman. And more importantly, it was Sami Zayn who got the pin. And oddly enough, he himself is now the Intercontinental Champion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have anything against Sami Zayn. I think he's fine. I think right. he's a good manager, good talker. Uh, this is his first match that I've seen him in in well, quite a while, I think. Um, I, I, I'll be honest. Um, I haven't seen a lot of SmackDown recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, from the reports I've read, this is the first time I've seen, or, or I think that Sami Zayn's even been in a match in a while. Um, but when you're doing a three-on-one handicap match, I understand that somebody's got to win the title. Right. But with it being three-on-one, I mean, I've also seen occasions where all three men have the title. I just, I just find this to be an odd kind of thing to do, and especially for Braun Strowman to lose the title so soon. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Very, yeah, very strange match. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. the The match itself was fine. Uh, I d- didn't really, you know, have a problem with it necessarily. Uh, really, the the thing that confuses me is um, the setup of the match and, and the the overall result of the match. Because uh, you know they 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 spend a lot of time before the match, you know, upping the fact that this is Braun Strowman's first singles belt, right? Um, and, and that should be that should be huge, right? Um, and so this is his first title defense ever, you know, good for him. Awesome. Four and a half years. He's, he's been putting in this work, trying to get this belt, finally gets it. Awesome. Hooray for, for Braun Strowman. Right. Um, and then you put him in this handicap match with the three of them and, you know, I could be wrong, but usually, usually when it's, when it's a new champion and they get put into a gauntlet match or sorry, a handicap match it's it's kind of to put them over you know to to show them how how strong of a champion they are yes you know and then especially for a guy like Braun Strowman yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and then Sami Zayn ends up winning the title so you built up Braun Strowman for nothing mm. and then you also made this a handicap match for nothing because mm. if you wanted to put the title on Sami you could have just had a straight up singles match with them because those were really the two people that were actually feuding here. Cesaro and, and Shinsuke, you know, they're kind of along for the ride. Yeah, like, uh, kind of like bystanders. I mean, you could have still had Shinsuke and Cesaro screw Strowman somehow and still got, you know, uh, Sami Zayn the title. I'm sure right. that'd be fine. I don't know, man. It, uh, it's just kind of weird. Like, I, I don't... It's fine. You know, Sammy's the champion now. Cool. Whatever. Uh, I wish that Braun was because I'm a big fan of Braun, but they seem to hate him. So, uh, you know, whatever. Um, it, it, my main problem with it is just like the setup and the result. And it like, why? Mm. Just, just why? Yes. Mm. I would agree. Um, and, and then, of course, you have the main event 
uh, we've covered which that. Which we've talked about, yeah. Pretty, uh, fairly extensively. Yeah. And, and going straight into the main event after this match, it's very didn't, didn't do it any favors. Very flat. The crowd was very flat. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate. I mean, this show, much like um, a lot of WWE shows nowadays um, that end up being you know, fair to, to decent. Um, they start strong. They have good moments. They definitely have good matches. Uh, but somewhere along the line, the crowd fades out and things start getting really ugly after that. This is a problem. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad that you brought up AEW Revolution earlier, right? Because it was only a week ago. And right. again, talk about two events where, you know, AEW did this crescendo to the main event very, very well, even though that tag match was just like mind blowing. Yeah. Right? yeah. Mid- midway in the card, that was a mind blowing match. And then they still kind of crescendoed everything to the main event. And this here, it was like. It was like watching somebody walk up a flight of stairs only to trip and then fall all the way back down <laughs> the stairs. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. It was... Look, like WWE should simply just... I don't know. Can, can they just watch some AEW and maybe learn some lessons? Mm. Like, can, can that just be a thing? Like, I don't know, man. And that and and look, NXT is no innocent bystander here either. I thought that the most recent episode of NXT was, um, as a hardcore NXT fan myself, I found that show to be awfully disappointing. Mm. Um, so I don't know, man. Two yeah. two two cage matches on one NXT, and both were pretty flat. Yeah. Which, which that's crazy for for there to be two cage matches on the same show and, and have a hardcore fan be like, eh, come on, yeah, you know, and, and like, I don't want to stoke the flames, you know, the the flames of the the war or whatever that that's going on between the two. Stoke, um, stoke, stoke, stoke. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I we're all wrestling fans. It's all wrestling. We should, you know, if you like WWE, that's great. If you like AEW, that's great. Um, I want, I want to like WWE, you know. And, and, I do too, and, and I do to a certain degree. You know that there's this show in particular showed us that you know there there are there, there are bright spots. There are bright spots. There are highlights. There are good matches. There are good wrestlers. It's just the overarching. Story, yes, and, and overarching the overarching direction of things. Yes, it is mm. really the main problem, mm-hmm. and I, I'm really not sure what it is. Like, like I really don't know. Um, part of me thinks that they want they want this to be where it's going, and yes. they're going to do whatever it takes to get to there, whether the fans are liking it or not, right? Mm. Um, but then at the same time, with, with AEW, they seem to know where it's going and are going to do whatever it takes to get there. Mm. But the ride is fun. Yes. And, and what's interesting or curious or confusing to me is where is the disconnect with WWE that's making that ride no longer fun? Mm. For me, at least. And, and like I said... 
if you love WWE and you love everything they're doing right now, more power to you. And I'm not trying to attack you personally. It's I just, am. <laughs> I'm trying to attack you personally. Okay, well, Tanner hates you. Okay, <laughs> Tanner hates you, but I don't hate you. No, I, I'm kidding. Uh, I know Tanner shares my my same viewpoint on this. Um, yes. And, and I really just don't know. I, I've been watching AEW exclusively for the past... I don't know, month, month and a half at mm. this point. Mm-hmm. And going back to, you know, watching clips on Raw, clips on SmackDown, um, Elimination Chamber, it's, I, I don't know where the disconnect is, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and we can we can do the age old, oh, it's Vince, he's so out of touch, and oh, it's he's just, getting old. He's getting old. <laughs> and, and, you know, that <laughs> there could be some truth to that for mm. sure. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this company is full, full of talented people, whether that be on the roster of of wrestlers that are on TV every day or the people in the back room that are putting this thing together. It's it's full of talented, talented people. Yes. And me personally, I'm not convinced that Vince is the problem. Now, yeah, right, hot takes. Not really. But Whoa. And I'm not saying he's not at all the problem at all. He could be a piece of it, but mm. there's something else going on. It can't just be Vince because mm. AEW seems to be kind of doing the same thing. Not okay. That didn't come out right. But like I said, they have a pathway. Right. They know where they're going. There's similarities, but but I think what you're trying to say is w- while they are taking similar approaches, and obviously they're both wrestling shows. Mm-hmm. I think that, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're saying that AEW continues to ride momentum and go from strength to strength, whereas with WWE, sometimes you're left scratching your head and wondering. What are they doing here? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, 100%. Mm. I mean, and, and there's something to be said for that, I think. And uh, yeah, if you're a WWE fan and only like WWE, hey, more power to you. Yeah. If you see something that I don't, please hit us up. We have a Twitter head, mm-hmm. at Headlock Talk. We have a Twitter. We have a, we have a Gmail, however yeah. you want to get in contact with us. Yeah, yeah. We, we would love to hear your thoughts, right? Um, and speaking of hearing your thoughts, uh, we did uh, obviously post out here uh, that we wanted to get your hottest takes, your most unpopular opinions, and your most burning questions uh, this week on Headlock Talk revolving around Elimination Chamber. Yes. Fun times. So let's uh, let's get right into it here. Of course, our buddy Mike Charlip, who was on the show last week, if you remember Mike, uh, if you haven't yet checked out our episode with Mike, uh, uh, he uh, he was uh, so wonderful, and 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 we were so happy that he was finally able to come on the show after you know being a friend and a fan for so long. Uh, we 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 were so happy that he was able to, to come on the show. He's got an excellent wrestling blog. Uh, that we highly recommend checking out. Great wrestling mind, very very intuitive. Uh, yes, I like I like the uh, uh, the points that that he makes and the points that he can bring together. He he's a mm. uh, he's a sharp guy. I like him. He is. Uh, Mike, Mike uh, he's got a few takes here. Uh, Mike asks, "Is this the one, is this one of the worst builds to Mania in a while?" I say that because other than the Orton and Edge and Charlotte and Rhea match, what's exciting to talk about? Wyatt versus Cena might have a good build. But I don't know. Um, yeah, this one's hard. Um, uh, yes? Question mark? Possibly. Uh, for me, I mean, 
you, the the two big matches, you know, you got Goldberg, Roman Reigns, mm. and then you got uh, mm-hmm. Brock and Drew. Um, and, they now, kinda, um, and they and they kind of just like blurted out the Roman Reigns and Goldberg thing. They were like, right. Roman came out, he's like, I'm next, and I was like, all right, well, I guess that's one less elimination chamber match we're having. Right. No right. number one contenders match for the title. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. And uh, but then I mean, Edge and Orton is looking like it's got a great build. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Rhea and Charlotte, that one continues to to build up here. I have not been super impressed with Charlotte in the ring lately, uh, but I I think that that's going to all turn around by the time that. Uh, uh, WrestleMania hits. I mean, hot takes. I've never really been impressed with Charlotte. Sorry. Dang. I All don't right. know. And, and that match makes no sense to me. Like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, Charlotte held the NXT women's title. That's cool. But, like, that's the only thing holding that match together. And, like, I, I just, I understand Finn Balor going back to NXT, you know? But that's a full-time switch. What if Charlotte wins? Well, then she's going to be NXT champion, and she'll probably be on NXT TV for a while, I would imagine. Hopefully. But, I guess, yeah. But <laughs> but then we we have the, the Drew Brock match. Drew and Brock match. Um, that looks like it has some decent build going. Yeah, it's got some decent build. Um, they, they made me eat my words a little bit at Royal Rumble. Uh, surprisingly, I thought Royal Rumble was great. The men's Royal Rumble, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Brock ran through half the roster. And if you've listened to Headlock Talk before, you would you would think, oh man, Steven's going to hate that. Uh, somehow, they did it. <laughs> somehow, they did it, and they did it well. Yes. Uh, so that's got good build. Um, but, yeah, this... Uh, this Goldberg Roman Reigns match, man. Um, mm. It's not even that I don't want to see it because I don't. But it's not even just that. This match makes me mad that it's happening. Mm. Mm-hmm. It makes me mad. Uh, and again, I could go on the whole diatribe of oh, part-time champions, blah blah. blah. You've all, you've all heard it, you know. Uh, but you got a part-time champion and a guy that I give no craps about. So it's just like. That's that's your biggest match. Cool. That's, Have fun with that, guys. That might be the biggest headline to, uh, of this episode is Steven self censoring. Right? Uh, he's been on a, a hot streak of just dropping f bombs left and right. <laughs> Did you notice that? I'm trying to not. I'm trying I, to not. I think our listeners appreciate it, Steven. <laughs> uh, uh, Mike also uh, brings out another hot take: Ricochet should go heel and be managed by MVP and never talk ever again. Let MVP do all the talking. Assuming he can get out of this burial that Vince put him in. Man, why am I okay mm. with that? That's actually, yeah. It's not the worst idea it's ever. It's definitely not. Um, I think that you should just... Ricochet can actually cut a really good promo. Um, if you've seen his work in PWG, you would know that for sure. Um I think the problem is is that he has a writer who scripts his promos. I think that that's a big part of problem with WWE as anything is that they just don't do the shooting from the hip, not not shooting per se, like as in like you know, you, you know one of them shooting on the other one. Though they, they they do write some of that stuff in sometimes. Yeah, but if you just let Ricochet just be Ricochet, I think you're gonna have a good time. Yeah. But, I mean, is that going to happen anytime soon? 
Like, let's be real. I mean, they, they let some people do it, but they need to let everybody do it. Right, right. right. Like, you're not going to... That's how AEW gets their guys and and gals better, mm-hmm. is they don't do scripts. They just, hey, go out, do your thing. And they get better at cutting those promos. Look at yeah. Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. Britt Baker got exponentially better at cutting promos. 100%. And there was hardly much writing to it. Like Cody Rhodes gave her the idea for the Waterburger line uh, mm-hmm. when uh, when when she got all that heat when when they came to Austin. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was about it. Like like it's very minimal input. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, if you let Ricochet be Ricochet, it's gonna be a lot better. Yeah, I do like MVP though. MVP, so. he he can talk. Yeah. He's a good talk. He <laughs> can talk. My, yes. <laughs> uh, one last one here from Mike. If Brody Lee is Jake the Snake's client, I hope he really is, uh, would Jake's promos be enough to put Brody over the top and finally be a true main eventer like he should have been in WWE? That is also up to how Brody performs in the ring. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I will say... That promo was insanely good, like like insanely good, and uh, me personally, I I watched that promo uh, like six more times uh, over the course of the week after after Dynamite, and uh, man, if <laughs> if Jake can just keep that momentum going and and, and that like that passion that he had, mm. uh, I, I do think that he'd be able to go over. I mean. Uh, like you said, it, it's definitely comes down to how he performs in the ring, but I mean, it's, it's, it's I mean, it's it's AEW, yeah, right. Like I think the failure rate is very minimal, <laughs> right? Um, Basically, just the women's division right. at this point, right? Well, and you got to make Brody Lee unique. You mm-hmm. got to make him unique above everybody else. And I mean, having another big man around is not the worst thing ever, right? I'm personally hoping that his client is Lance Archer, but we'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, our our friend Josh, hey. uh, who's opening, he's he's got his own wrestling network now, ladies and gentlemen. Josh Robinson uh, uh, at Josh Robinson zero zero. Uh, definitely give him a follow on Twitter, and uh, I would also recommend a subscribe to the jo- the new Josh Robinson network. He's got he's going to be doing I think like five shows a week, Boy. which is going to be crazy. Busy guy. Uh, busy, busy guy. Yeah. Josh says, hot take. If people stop being in the mindset of, quote, WWE sucks, unquote, and actually just let things play out, you will enjoy it more. Um, I would, um, I, I, I hmm. Josh, I love you. Yeah. Right? Of course. Um, I, and I don't disagree with what you're saying, per se. Um, I think that, generally speaking, Steven and I are inclined to let things play out and just kind of accept things and then form a conclusion afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in some cases it's pretty beneficial, right? Like with the Alistair Black and AJ Styles thing, that's been pretty, you know, pretty positive. Yeah, I would yeah. say um, other things like um, uh, the, the 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 Braun Strowman and Sami Zayn thing that seems kind of rudderless. Mm-hmm. Other things like the the women's elimination chamber tonight, which again, in my opinion, I I agree with Mr. Warren Hayes. This that that was not a match. That right. was right. that was just a a storyline device. Mm-hmm. Is what that was. Um, 
I think some of that can be, uh, I, I think is roundly negative, right? Um, but I, I think that being, um, I'll say this for Josh. Uh, Josh is a very positive person, mm-hmm. and I love that about Josh because I tend to be a very negative person. <laughs> <laughs> so I admire that about Josh. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you go into it with a positive mentality, I think that you're going to get a lot more joy out of it than, than if you're looking for things to be, to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, uh, I'll speak for myself here. I, I'm pretty sure Tanner agrees with me on this, but I don't mm. want to speak for him. Um, yes, I, I do agree with you. If, if you were to just take a step back and not look into things and, and just, and just let things play out, you might find it more enjoyable. But me personally, that's part of the fun for me. But being it, being critical, yeah. But well, yeah. not even just being critical, but but trying to read between the lines and, and trying mm-hmm. to see what they're telling us, what they're building to, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. You know, um, some some people they just want to they want to watch their their three hour show on Monday. They'll catch it again next Monday. Catch it again next Monday and, and call it a day. You know, but for me. I, I watch a lot of wrestling. Both of us do, you know? Mm-hmm. And so part of the fun for me and part of what makes our job a little bit different mm-hmm. is looking into it and, mm-hmm. and really reading between the lines for better or worse. Right. You know? Well, and, and I was going to save this for if wishes were fishes, but I, but I have another wish. So this is, this is fine. Like, okay. like, um, I think that, like I said, with the Alistair Black and AJ Styles thing, that that is roundly positive, right? And what, in fact, I got this idea when when watching the match is why don't you have Undertaker and Alistair Black face the o, all three members of the OC at WrestleMania? I know that the idea is Undertaker versus AJ, but um, do you want to see Undertaker work a whole match with AJ Styles? Personally, I don't want to. Right. right? Uh, um, I think you'd be hard pressed to find many people who would with Undertaker's current state. He's getting a little bit older. What could an older Undertaker do with AJ Styles? AJ is great. Um, yeah, and, and I don't want to take anything away from Undertaker, but I think having Aleister Black in that match would, would, would serve as twofold. You have a guy who can tag out with Undertaker and work the match um, and, and kind of let Undertaker breathe. But also, I think it'd be really cool if at the end, this is where the wish comes in, because we've been talking about, hey, we need to have a way where Undertaker can pass along his powers. And I think it'd be a really dope spot if at the end of the match, after Undertaker and Aleister Black come away with the victory, Undertaker gets down on one knee, and he he strikes his pose, and Aleister Black is sitting cross-legged in the ring, he strikes his pose, and Undertaker transfers his powers to Aleister Black that way. Yeah, like a lightning flash or something. Yeah, a lightning yeah. flash, you know, Aleister Black, then like the, the the lights lift up and Aleister Black is gone, mm-hmm. right? I think that would be super dope and, and a good way because they're two very similar characters and two, it would be a wonderful way to, for Undertaker to kind of just like pass along something to somebody who really needs it. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I like that. But it's only in those instances where you think positively, like Josh is pointing out, that you can come up with these ideas. Right. Right. That's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> hot take, Tanner. Hot takes. <laughs> um, our, our friend Mags, Mags 3 Pods. 
at DEJ Kirkby on Twitter uh, asks, uh, actually poses, hot take. Elimination Chamber will be a decent event. Yes. It was decent. It was it was a decent event. Yeah. Mags sure. is absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, uh, there was a reply here for that. Uh, another friend of ours, uh, DYWT uh, dollar sign B at DYWTSB on Twitter. They are another podcast network affiliated group. Uh, they say true, but they should put Roman in the Elimination Chamber match on Sunday instead of just allowing him to say, I'm next. We just talked about that. Uh, beating Baron Corbin shouldn't allow him the ability to jump the line. Uh, quote, but Mort, Roman never lost the championship. Quote, miss me with that ish. How many people? Uh, oh, how many? He goes on to say, how many people have had to uh, have had to, in the eyes of the fans, earn that spot back by winning a match? Right. Again, this is this is our friend Mort, who we've actually had on the show before. Uh, Mort raises some good points. We've kind of gone over that already with like the whole Roman Goldberg thing. Mm-hmm. Um, confusing, but um, we'll we'll see where this goes. I yeah. mean, this is just uh, the beginning of WrestleMania season, really. Yeah. Uh, and our friend Anthony from the Anthony Talk Stuff Show at a Talk Stuff on Twitter. Two takes. <laughs> I love this. Uh, <laughs> first take. Um, Marty Jannetty was a coward. Sorry, I'll say this again. Marty Jannetty was a coward and jumped through the barbershop window to escape Shawn Michaels. He, he's referring to the infamous uh, barbershop massacre where uh, Shawn Michaels introduced the world to sweet chin music and mm. kicked mm. him through a, a glass pane. I see. I um, see. Yes, I think Marty Jannetty is Certainly a coward, and he should have been afraid of Shawn Michaels. <laughs> look, like look at the monster that Shawn Michaels became in the '90s and in the the mid 2000s. That man had every right to be afraid of Shawn Michaels. Right. <laughs> uh, take two: Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega versus the Young Bucks isn't mentioned enough in the greatest tag team match ever conversation. Yes, thank you. I was saying this last week. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely true. If you have not seen that match. You should subscribe to New Japan World and go watch that match because it was amazing. Yeah, that's not even a hot take. That, that's that, just... that's like like that's like truth. That's like yeah. that's like you know, <laughs> no errors found here. Oh, like man. this is <laughs> some steam coming out of your ears right now. This is a it's a wonderful match. Yeah. I love that match. <laughs> um, here's a hot take. Oh snap! Uh, Pro Wrestling Ratings at Rating Wrestling on Twitter says NXT UK is the best wrestling brand in the world. Is that hot or cold or just common knowledge? Oh man, man. Uh, well, I'm not gonna say you're wrong. Uh, because you know we just got through with talking about if you like one thing, cool. If you don't like the other thing, cool. However. Uh, it's either New Japan or AEW for me. Um, I, I, I don't think now, now there's a lot of NXT UK guys that are great, right? I'm a huge, huge fan of mustache mountain. Uh, I love me some Jordan Devlin, love me some Walter, but come on, man. Like really here, let, let, let me, let me, let me, let me put your mind at ease here. Um, is this a hot take? Yes, it is. It is a hot take. Yes, um, yes. Um, you see, uh, there's this little promotion also in England called Progress that basically has uh, virtually put 
NXT UK on its back and carried it up a large mountain in terms of killing the, well, quote-unquote, killing the UK independent scene. The UK independent scene is not dead. Uh, um, but, you know, here, here's something. Um NXT, NXT UK is pretty solid, right? I take nothing away from them. They put on very, very good shows. They have very, very good performers. Jordan Devlin, uh, as, as you mentioned, Tyler Bate, Volter. Um, yeah, great promotion, right? Yeah, absolutely. But again, a lot of those ideas and a lot of that talent was taken from Progress Wrestling or RevPro or any of these other ones, right? Here's something cool. Um, if you like NXT UK, and if, if this is your first time listening to Headlock Talk, because I've said this many times, I highly recommend that you subscribe to Progress. Yes. You know, uh, you should definitely do that. It's about the same cost as WWE Network is, nine ninety nine. So if you're getting a little bit bored of WWE for a little bit, you want to take a break, unsubscribe from them, go and subscribe to Progress, right? If you want to save the extra 10 bucks, or if you want to just spend the extra 10 bucks, do that. Because progress, you can start it and be current with progress and just watch it, which is great. You'll see a lot of the same guys that you'll see in NXT UK. You'll see a lot of new faces, too. Um, or, if you're like me, go back and watch it from the very beginning. Because you'll see a lot of very other cool people. You'll see Zack Sabre Jr. You'll see Will Ospreay. You'll see Jimmy Havoc. You'll see Mark Haskins. You'll see Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano. You'll see Marty Skrull there. Uh, you'll see Alistair Black uh, when he was uh, Tommy End uh, in Europe. You'll see Volter. You'll see David Starr, right? Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, need I say more? Like, the, like, you can get so much more out of progress, I think, than you can in NXT UK. Just my opinion. Um, Noob and Co at Noob and Co 1991 on Twitter. Uh, unpopular opinion. Oscar should have been the Raw Women's Champion, and Shayna Baszler should have won the Women's Royal Rumble match. Hmm. Uh, I mean, judging by what we saw at Elimination Chamber tonight, um, it depends on where you want to go. Right, right. right. Um, I think that they could have a better work rate match than possibly Shayna and Becky would have. But Becky is arguably the biggest star that WWE has right now. Mm-hmm. Just my opinion. Steve, yeah. Steven, your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I pretty much agree with that. I, I will say for me personally, I would probably prefer an Asuka Shayna match over a Becky Shayna match. Um, j- just because I, I think the. The like you said, the work rate would be a little bit better. Um, it definitely makes sense why Becky's the champion right now, for sure. Um, I don't want Shayna in either match. Sorry. <laughs> uh, moving right along, <laughs> Joseph James at Joseph W James on Twitter says three chamber matches equals great opportunity to uh, injure eighteen superstars right before Mania. Um, yeah, well. It, it is a great opportunity to injure a lot of people, yes. Yeah, um, like Liv Morgan being slapped into the side of that door. 
Dude. That was so brutal, man. Well, and then, like, Natty getting, like, crushed by the door repetitively by uh-huh. Shayna. Yeah, that, yeah. that sucked. Um, yeah, I or mean... Or Ruby Riot being thrown in between the door and the ring post and yeah. just kind of crashing down. Well, and we, we only got two chamber matches that we, we that should be pointed out. Well, we yeah. only got two. Yeah. But, y- yes, I mean, eight, 18 people were indeed involved in the Elimination Chamber this evening, and... Uh, yeah, it was certainly a great opportunity for all of them to possibly get injured. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Just more fuel to uh, maybe not have an Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, whatever. <laughs> Brian J. Field at Brian J. Field 2 says, AEW. Hey, I, I ain't got no problems there. Is that the whole hot take? <laughs> That's the, That is it, AEW. Oh. Uh, and I believe I replied with the Kenny Omega meme of him on the computer and then doing the, the thumbs up. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 That's a great gift. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I love AEW. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a- what, what do you want me to say? They're great. Yeah, AEW's pretty, yeah. pretty sweet. I'm, I'm eating it up right now. Yeah, I mean, they're going, like I said, from strength to strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike on Twitter, he, he's, he's got uh, a couple of beer mugs, the Italian flag, a slice of pizza and an ice cream cone. A man of culture. Yes, quite (laughs) indeed. Mm -hmm. Um, at, uh, Italian Habs Mike, uh, says, uh, and this is on Twitter, of course, um, chamber matches has lost its appeal. Early ones were the best. The first one in 2002 was the best one. I agree with that, actually. Um, 100%. Uh, last real good one was 2010 when HBK cost Undertaker the world heavyweight title. Lack of proper build and predictability has it over, uh, has it over the last five years. Um, I, I can definitely see Mike's point here. I do agree that the first ever Elimination Chamber match was likely the best one. Uh, though, gosh, man, Shawn Michaels had some awful ring gear in that match. Just in- incredibly atrocious. Because uh, that's what's important here. Yeah. It's, <laughs> well, you'll have to see these pants, man. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was cringeworthy. Okay. Uh, you're like, whatever. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> Stop going on about his pants. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I will say last year's Elimination Chamber was pretty good. The one with uh, where where Kofi was the the standout. I liked that match so pretty well. Uh, yes, yes, I did like that match, but I liked that match for Kofi in spite of the match. Almost, I. Elimination Chamber's ruined for me personally, Aww. and and it sucks to say that because it is it is a really cool idea for a match, but when you have it every year and you shoehorn shoehorn storylines into it, make it incredibly predictable. Like, why should I care? You know, and yeah, last last year's Elimination Chamber match, it wasn't a bad match. It it, it was a decent match. It had Kofi start a Kofi Mania, that was great, but. That was great in spite of the match, not because of the match, in mm, my opinion. Mm. So I I firmly believe it would have been better had it not been that match. Uh, I Elimination Chamber is, is a nothing match for me now, uh, unfortunately. And, and I, again, I'm not trying to take shots at people. If you love an Elimination Chamber, I'm happy for you. I'm yeah. super happy for you. Yeah. I just... They... I got nothing. They they give me nothing for it. Like why? Why I don't care. I don't want it. Whatever. 
<laughs> Fair enough, Stephen. Uh, Cash Daddy wins at Gift Daddy wins. Uh, they say this promo will age well, and it's a promo where Liv Morgan's talking about how she's going to go to WrestleMania and face Becky Lynch. Um, yeah. I'd have to go back and watch it. Uh, well, well, I mean, it's just, it's it's just her saying that she's going to go on to WrestleMania and face Becky Lynch. That's um, the whole promo. That's that's about it. That's not um, even a that, promo. That, I mean, that's, that's it, a it, sentence. It, it sums it up. I mean, I mean, I I can't play the promo for you here for this podcast. Uh, Copyright. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I can tell you is, uh, unfortunately, this promo did not age well. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Well, I mean, you saw the show. I mean, anybody who watched Elimination Chamber knows that this promo would not age well. Right, right. So I'm sorry, Cash Daddy. Uh, Great name, though. Yes. I love the name. Yeah, it's a good name. Good, good name. <laughs> um, Alan Christopher <laughs> uh, at Uncle Jamie 22. Hmm. Okay. I wonder, wonder where the name Jamie fits in, and Alan Christopher. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe a middle name. Hmm. Anyway, Alan Christopher <laughs> on Twitter at Uncle Jamie Twenty Two. I'm excited for the Elimination Chamber matches and hope that no one gets injured in the structure. Hey, that's not a hot take at all. Hey, man, good on you putting yeah. some positivity in the world. I like you, Uncle Jamie. Yeah. Hey, Alan Christopher. I, I hope you enjoyed the show. Hey, yeah. yeah. I hope hope the show was great for you. Yeah. Uh, Justin Hepperly at J underscore Hepperly five. Take away the pay per view, same as Hell in a Cell. Whatever happened to just having a Hell in a Cell match or a TLC match at a pay per view not called TLC? This is why no one cares. What's next? Pay per view cage wars, and this is when we only see cage matches. Lol at WWE. Thank you. That's only exactly what I've been saying. Yeah, yeah. That's, that sums up Steven's portion of the podcast in its entirety. I love this guy. Yeah. Good on you, Justin. I like you. Good on you. Uh, and then finally, uh, Ayush Chopra at uh, Cobol Chopra. Or, or Chobol Chobol. Chopra, bless you. I'm sorry. I'm 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 gonna I'm, I butchered your name, but I th- I believe your name is Ayush Chopra. That's according to Twitter. It says it. Nailed it. <laughs> Ayush says no WWE or Universal Championship defended at Elimination Chamber? Question mark. No. Unfortunately, nope. not. A- no. a- apparently, apparently nobody cared enough to do that. That's what you get when you hire part-time champions. Woohoo! Yes, Stephen. Stephen nailed it. Stephen yeah. nailed it right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you could hear that. Was that loud enough? I can say it again. Uh, That's I, what I, happens when you hire part-time champions. I, That's I, what happens. I believe your your sarcasm was loud enough for all of us. <laughs> cool. Just had to make sure. You know, <laughs> hey man, you never know. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, it, it's unfortunate. I'm, I'm sorry that you didn't get your match, Ayush. I, I wish we had those titles here on this show too. Yeah, yeah, like here. In headlock talk headquarters, <laughs> we're just just mount them on the wall. We're we're not giving them back WWE, yeah. <laughs> never. Yeah. All right. So, um, <laughs> uh, before we go here, you guys, uh, we do have, of course, the best part of our weekend. I think is a little segment called "If Wishes Were Fishes." <laughs> 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 
It's underwater. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, if this is indeed your first time listening to Headlock Talk, or if you've been with us since the very beginning, you'll know that we have this little segment here at the very end of our shows called If Wishes Were Fishes, where Steven and I take turns making wrestling-related wishes, Mm -hmm. and the other grades them. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed, in terms of fishes. Yes, indeed. It is quite fun. Yeah. A little, little silly, but... Uh, very silly, let's be real. But it is very fun also. <laughs> yes, I, I enjoy it quite a lot. Um, Steven. Yes. I've got a couple of wishes this week. What about you? I do, I do. Oh. Yeah, l- let me hear yours. I always go first. <sighs> I, I want to hear yours first. Ooh. Oh, crap. Ooh. Do you want me to go first? Ooh. No, no, no. Okay, no, go no, ahead. No. This, this feels right. This feels good. Okay. You're making the <clears throat> listeners uncomfortable. Let's go. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, I'll give I'll give a hot take of my own here. Uh, it's only appropriate that you're wearing this Velveteen Dream shirt. Dream over. It's it's a dope shirt. It's a very I, good shirt. I love that shirt. Um, what I did not love is the closing cage match, the main event of NXT this week, where Velveteen Dream beat Roderick Strong in the steel cage. Well, but 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 did he? He actually lost that match. He he actually did not beat Roderick Strong. Hmm. Um, what, what really happened here is that Velveteen Dream instead closed the cage on himself as Adam Cole was in the ring with him because somehow, some way that's what Velveteen Dream wanted all along. He, Velveteen Dream has been acting very heelish and very un, unface worthy. Velveteen Dream is not a baby face in this feud here with Roderick Strong and Undisputed Era. Even though they took him out, they injured him and everything, Velveteen Dream has been a, uh, like a- attacking and harassing Roderick Strong's family. It's, it's a very it's a very strange feud. And for this to all be a game in which point Velveteen Dream finds himself locked in a cage with Adam Cole because that's what he wanted all along. And for him to attack Adam Cole and then take the belt and, and pose on top of the cage with the belt, it's very strange. I don't mm. like it, Steven. Mm. Mm. I don't like the direction of this here. I feel like Velveteen Dream... Let me be very delicate with this. Velveteen Dream should not be the guy who destroys Undisputed Era's destiny and yes. mystique. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, Had he not gotten injured, and had he been red hot, Yes, I would say he's absolutely a guy who could do it, right? But he got injured. He's lost some momentum. He's not looking nearly as sharp in the ring as he was previously. I have nothing against Velveteen Dream. I love him as a performer. Mm -hmm. He's great. But I don't think he's the guy to do this, Mm -hmm. right? So... Mm -hmm. Long story short, if wishes were fishes, Velveteen Dream actually challenges Adam Cole before TakeOver Tampa Bay. Mm. And there's a point in the match where Roderick Strong gets the title and he accidentally hits Adam Cole and almost costs Adam Cole the win. If it weren't for Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish jumping in the ring, giving Velveteen Dream total elimination... Adam Cole would have lost the title. But thankfully, in spite of Roderick Strong, Adam Cole retains the title. Mm. And after the match, Undisputed Era is all in the ring, and Adam Cole is is just 
pointing his index finger and just just jabbing Roderick Strong in the chest. You almost cost us this. You almost cost us everything. Mm-hmm. How could you be so stupid? And Roderick Strong, if you've noticed, this isn't the first time that this conversation would be happening between Cole and Strong. This isn't the first time that those feelings have ever come up. And Roderick Strong looks down at the ground and looks up at the fans and he, he he kicks Adam Cole in the gut and gives him a backbreaker and then runs out of the ring before Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly can do anything about it. Mm. Mm. And then he cuts a promo and he says, I've, I'm tired of all this. Adam Cole, I'm going to be the one to break Undisputed Era. I was the one who helped built it. I've been with it. You wanted me to come into Undisputed Era. I don't need you anymore. And it sets up Roderick Strong versus Adam Cole at NXT TakeOver Tampa because Roderick Strong, not Velveteen Dream, would be a good champion to ride into post-WrestleMania weekend. There's a lot to that. There is a lot. There is a lot to it. I do like it, though. I do like it for sure. And especially, I mean, we've talked about this before. You know, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, um, and, you know... for me, to a lesser degree, Bobby Fish, they they're all capable of a fantastic singles run. Oh yeah, you know. Oh uh, yeah. For me, Kyle O'Reilly especially, uh, but Roger Strong for sure. Uh, and I mean that what a great way to break up Undisputed Era by using a member of Undisputed Era. I, I really like that for sure. Uh, the only way that Undisputed Era can dis- can can be destroyed is for it to destroy itself. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and and it keeps the mystique. And the power of Undisputed Era intact, mm-hmm. you know, because not no one came in and disbanded them; mm-hmm. they imploded on themselves. Yes, you know, I, I do like that. Um, well, and think about this too: Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole would undoubtedly have a great match, a great match, of course. But think of how well Roderick Strong and Adam Cole know each other. Probably a decade's worth of having matches or interacting or being in or around the same companies together, they would have a fantastic match together. Oh, yeah. Roderick Strong is 100% work rate. Adam Cole is 100% an an in-ring general, a a, a genius in the ring. They would have a a mind-blowingly great match. Absolutely, yeah. And Tampa is Roderick Strong's hometown. Mm. And Mm. Roderick Strong cut promo... All the way back, that he had a series of promos actually in NXT, talking about how his dream was to become NXT champion, and that's all he ever wanted. And then he ran into Undisputed Era, and then mm-hmm. they needed him. What a great way to devise long-term storytelling! Now it's his turn. Now it's, it's his, his turn. turn. Yeah, we have a month. WWE, actually, hell, NXT, Paul. Tri- Mr. H, if you can hear me, yeah. you know that this is the, what, what we need to do. Nothing against Velveteen Dream. He's great. He will have his time. But right now, you need to do this. For the sake of Undisputed Era, for the sake of NXT, for the sake of having a killer main event in Tampa Bay, WrestleMania weekend. Roderick Strong, Adam Cole. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you six gray triggerfish. In honor of how triggered Roderick Strong would have to be for this storyline to take place. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you, Steven. Well, brilliant wish. Uh, for me, uh, we're going to jump over to AEW for, for a quick little uh, quick little wish here. 
So, obviously, uh, at Revolution, we saw the title finally, finally get taken off from Chris Jericho uh, to John Moxley. So we we finally have John Moxley as champion. I can't be happier. I'm ecstatic about it. Um, Also, at Revolution, we had the formation of a new faction called Death Triangle with Pac and Luch Bros, right? Now, I'm not 100% sold on the name. Whatever. It'll probably grow on me. Triangle de la muerte. Yeah. It'll probably grow on me, especially with Pentagon saying that every week. I'm sure it'll grow on me. Um, However, Pac and Lucha Bros, that's an insane faction right there. It's a crazy faction, right? I would agree, yes. Now, who else is going to go up against them? Mm, They're a pretty formidable trio. They're very formidable. Right. I mean, you got best friends. Eh. You got the elite. Yeah. They got their own thing going on right now, though. Mm. They're mm. they're going up against Inner Circle, right? Oh. At uh, at Blood and Guts. So they got their own thing going on right now. Oh, the elite does, not Death Triangle. The elite, right. Yes. Um. So they're going up against uh, Inner Circle at Blood and Guts. So they got their own thing. So you need another faction to go up against. So mm-hmm. what, what I am proposing... If wishes were fishes, mm. is uh, John Moxley actually aligns himself with Darby Allen mm. and Jimmy Havoc? Mm. Yeah. Now I haven't I haven't thought of a name necessarily, but can you imagine uh, of two factions of that caliber feuding? Yeah, six man death match, man, dude, that would be killer. Dude, yeah, <laughs> that would be insane. And you could even you could even culminate it into Moxley versus Pac. Well, yeah, I, I think for that, the title. Yeah, I think that the the, the whole feud would revolve around Pac and uh, and Moxley. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem to be the standouts. They seem to have some unfinished business, right? Uh, but I love that concept. I really, really dig it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually give you four dolphins Ooh. because that has me jumping for joy here. Well, thank you. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> Yes, of course. Well, for my next wish, Stephen. Yes. Um, so, a week, you, uh, roughly a week from now, um, we're going to have something very special. Uh, we've talked about OTT wrestling before. Uh, I'm going to talk about it again. OTT wrestling, based out of Dublin, is really, really great. And right now, none other than one of my favorites, Mr. Independent. The you know the Bernie Sanders of professional wrestling, mm-hmm. the cream in your coffee, your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. He's really good at Twitter. He is. Yes, David Starr. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the current OTT World Champion, Jewish Cannon, the Jewish Cannon. Um, <laughs> and he will actually be taking on current AEW World Heavyweight Champion John Moxley. Yes. Yes. Um, this should be something very interesting. Uh, David Starr says he will not be defending his title to quote-unquote imports. Uh, mm. Yes, people Ooh. brought in from other companies. Um, and David Starr put a, uh, he, he cut a pr- particularly vicious promo about John Moxley um, at one of the previous OTT shows. He says, going from one billionaire to another is not a paradigm shift. It sounds like the same effing thing to me. Uh, that takes some brass. That takes some brass indeed. Well, if wishes were fishes, uh, this OTT meeting 
between these two is not the last time mm. that we see this here. What, what I would uh, venture here is maybe we can bounce this off of your idea here with, with Pac mm-hmm. and, and John Moxley. Uh, what if after John Moxley vanquishes Pac, David Starr hits the ring, he's, he's in a hood and everything, and he attacks John Moxley, and we can't see who it is. He lowers the hood down off of his, his hoodie jacket. It's David Starr. Now this is on dynamite. We do this on dynamite. Damn! And everybody's like, "Oh my God, it's David Starr!" And he does what he what he does very very well. I think he he does his whole "I'm independent. I'm not here for you. I I'm not with AEW. I'm not signed. I'm here as a real paradigm shift." Mm. And we have. What is essentially what the summer of punk should have been, right? Which is a, just a completely revolutionary act where David Starr and John Moxley feud all summer long, to the point where David Starr, at 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 whatever pay per view AEW does at the end of summer, he, he he says, John Moxley, I'm challenging you for your AEW title, and if I don't win it, then I will leave AEW, and that's it. You know, after that, David Starr can say, I've done AEW TV in mm-hmm. the USA. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. All the while, he'll still do all of his normal independent dates. He's not signed to AEW. He's just there to, to put on a great program. And I feel as though it would be awesome. David Starr would equal ratings, I feel like. He's one of the best promos in the business. He's one of the best talents in the business. He deserves a big spotlight. And considering he's lowering his... um independent dates right now he's he's gone from germany at the moment he's doing select shows and rev pro and obviously he's ott's champion something's i feel like something's in the works here i feel like i feel like he's about to do something big i hope this is the next big step that would be insane like really truthfully insane like it it would kind of just be like my two worlds colliding you know because uh <laughs> Worlds collide. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, you, you have the WWE, AEW side, you know, huge, big companies putting on huge, big promotions, big shows, fireworks everywhere, you know, like money, t-shirts, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then you have David Starr, Mr. Independent, yeah. Mr. I'm here for me, Mr. I'm here to put on a good show and... Right, screw you guys. And I feel like, like if you had David Starr there, like you could intentionally have him, like his merch table, like away on the other side of the arena from everybody else's merch table, and be like, "Look, I'm independent. Like I'm not with these guys here. I'm over here." Yeah, yeah. Right. Like I'm selling my own merch. He's got like boxes of independent shirts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, like merch. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be dope. And and I think that it'd be, you know, I mean, they've they've already proved it with Moxley or not Moxley. Um, Jeff Cobb, mm-hmm. they will bring in somebody who's an independent talent, you know, uh, somebody unsigned, and and they'll use him. Absolutely. Why not? Why not David Starr? Yeah. Four killer whales for killer fish. I mean, I I don't I don't have much to say about that wish. That uh, yes, please, like that that sounds <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I I agree. <laughs> well, I would hope so. You wished for it. <laughs> Thank, thank you for the killer whales. Steve. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, for my for my next and last wish, um, it's kind of a cop out wish. Not gonna lie, but 
it's still one of my biggest wishes in the entire world of wrestling. Any promotion, any topic, really. That if wishes were fishes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can we get rid of part-time champs in WWE? And I know yeah. I've talked about this before, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm sure I've wished for this before. Um, but with with this upcoming WrestleMania, I feel like it's even more important to talk about it now. And, you know, earlier on in the show, we had that conversation where there's a lot of similarities between what AEW is doing and what WWE is doing. Um, but there, there's just something about WWE that's not that's not working, right? And, and it's... It's confusing, it's disheartening, it's frustrating. And what that is, is that your top titles mean nothing. That That's really what it is. And I, I like I like WWE. I like, the, I like the matches they put on. I like the mid-card. I like the opener. Uh, main events, depends on what's happening, but I like those too. If we're talking about what AEW is doing well... That WWE is not. Their big titles are on TV every week. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a title match or or not, their champ is there. Mm-hmm. Their belt is there. Mm-hmm. It's being shown off. They tell you how important it is, and they show you how important it is. Mm-hmm. WWE, they're just like, oh, this title's crazy important because it's on Goldberg. Oh, this title's insane because it's on Brock Lesnar. Yeah. But... Goldberg matches are terrible. 90% of Brock Lesnar matches are terrible. So why am I going to care about a belt that's defended four times a year in terrible matches? You raise, that's the problem. You raise really good points here, Steve. That, that's my problem. So if wishes were fishes, Drew goes over on, on Brock. And can, can we please... Please just quit with the part-time champions. I'm not telling Goldberg to leave. Mm. I'm not telling Brock to leave. But hey, I get care it, about what you're doing. Man. I I get it, man. I I absolutely get exactly where you're coming from. Right? Um, yeah, uh, twenty lobsters because we need to take forty of those claws and pinch WWE so they can wake up. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Hundred hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, this has indeed been an episode of Headlock Talk. Oh, snap. Oh, snap, indeed. <laughs> um, uh, we, we would like to uh, gift you here album of the week. Album of the week, of course, is uh, where, uh, yes, we uh, we recommend a piece of music for you to listen to. Uh, and for this week here, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a trip away from Australia. I, I, don't Don't worry, guys. I love me some Australian psychedelia. Don't so, worry, Josh. We'll be back. Yeah, we're going to be back very soon. Yes. Because um, one of my favorite bands right now is from Australia. and uh, But but for now, we're going to throw this back here for a little bit of a classic here. Um, Pink Floyd, very prolific, very high-profile band. They're one of the all-time greats. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to get into some deep cuts here. No, we're not going to give you The Wall. We're not going to give you Dark Side of the Moon. Maybe a little bit later. We'll we'll do that. But we're instead going to give you Relics by Pink Floyd 
Relics is a, a deep cuts, uh, somewhat of a compilation album, I would say, um, right, because I mean it's it's multiple different tracks from multiple different parts of uh, of kind of Pink Floyd's lineage from the late '60s and early '70s. Mm. Um, some some deep cuts on here, and some particularly cool album artwork. Yes, so if, definitely. If, if you're into psychedelia like I am, or, or uh, are just a, a Pink Floyd fan, or you're appreciative of uh, rock and roll, then I would recommend Relics by Pink Floyd. Now, uh, of course, if you enjoyed today's episode of Headlock Talk, you can find us uh, uh, pretty much anywhere where you listen to podcasts, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, or you can just do a Google search of Headlock Talk and you'll find us pretty much where most podcasts are played, I would say. We also have a, a link tree. Yes. On our Twitter as well. Yes, hit us up on our Twitter at Headlock Talk and go to the link tree there, and you'll find out all you know so many places where you can listen to Headlock Talk. Mm-hmm. And while you're there, wherever you listen to podcasts, hit that subscribe button for Headlock Talk so you can stay in touch with all of our latest episodes. And if you want to go that extra mile, support Headlock Talk. Leave us a five star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes, indeed. Uh, if you're a business and you like the sound of Steve and I's sensual voices, mm. Mm. indeed. Uh, you can hit us up at headlocktalk at gmail.com again that's headlocktalk at gmail.com for business inquiries uh we would love to help you sell your products oh yeah mm. send me some underwear yeah or or a bed or yeah or or let me read your book mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be mm-hmm. glad to read your book yeah send me some toothbrushes yeah, toothbrush. shout out to Quip toothbrushes. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I do need a good shave. So mm-hmm. if you want to send me Harry's razors, yeah, some shout out do- Dollar Razor Club. Uh, well, they're they're competitors. Hmm. Yeah, either one of y'all. First one, well, first come, first serve, hey, y'all. Man, we're here. <laughs> we're here. Um, but yeah, do you use Dollar Shave Club? No, I do not. Oh, uh, I use Harry's. But you know what? Oh. I I really would. Yeah. I'm, I'm just an email away, ladies and gentlemen. I would gentlemen. quit Harry's Look. if you send me some Dollar Shave Club razors. <laughs> also, Harry's, I love you. I, I won't quit you. If Just hit us up at... Just, just hit us up. Just hit us up at headlocktalk at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but enough pimping ourselves out here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, we've had a fun time this week. I hope you had a fun time this week as well. Um, I'm, of course, the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt. And right across from me, the one the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening, y'all. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, a wonderful rest of the week, and we'll see you again next time. Later. Bye-bye. At General Motors, we make more than electric vehicles. We're helping to make the world a safer, more inclusive place for all. As the first automaker to support the Equality Act, General Motors celebrates and embraces diversity every day, especially during Pride Month, which is why we're proud to team up with iHeartRadio to support Can't Cancel Pride and the LGBTQ community. Because everybody in means everybody. Learn more at GM.com. What you doing? Trying on glasses with Zenni's 3D Virtual Try-On. Wait, are those the actual prices? I say get all of them. Seriously, why not, right? Oh, now I want new glasses. Zenni.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at 695